What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. I'm running on Strava Craft Coffee this morning, and if you want to as well, well, I've got a huge deal for you. If you use the code DNVR25 over at StravaCoffee.com, you'll get 25% off your very first order of Strava Craft Coffee. And of course, Strava Craft Coffee is just delicious coffee. It packs a CBD punch, and that CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. It helps relieve. Some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So if you want to be able to drink coffee without the jitters, give Strava Craft Coffee a try. They also have delicious flavors. Toasted marshmallow is fantastic. And once you use the code DNVR25, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll get 20% on every single order after that. You can have it delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you want. It'll show up right at your door. So check them out. It's StravaCraftCoffee.com, StravaCoffee.com and use that code DNVR. 25 at checkout. That's StravaCraftCoffee.com. All right, Ryan and Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach Mace, Arcade, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio A here on a Tuesday. The A stands for. Atrocious. Agonizing. Oh, I was trying to move the page. I was going to say, like, are the Broncos about to start their playoff run? There we go. As Kareem Jackson has suggested. The A is for aspirational. Oh, Because that's what that kind of statement feels like right now. It does feel a little bit aspirational, but aspirations are good. We'll talk all about it here in a second. But first, a shout out to MSU Denver Online, our presenting sponsor, msudenver.edu slash online. The place to go to scope out all they have to offer and they have a lot to offer we're talking 750 total classes 45 plus online and hybrid programs there is no better place to go than msu denver if you are looking to further your education and work a full-time job because msu denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution so go over there msudenver.edu slash online to see everything they have for my you. boys what's up and guys some good vibes this morning justin simmons winning man walter payton man of the year for the broncos and then also quinn minards and mike boone winning angry runs i mean that's oh, now a starter and a backup running back getting the or i guess two backup running backs for the broncos getting angry runs that's just how the the broncos roll around here i guess so wait quinn quinn got is he gonna get the what do they call it the scepter uh, I, I think they're gonna share it mike mm. boone and quinn are gonna share it because of course quinn was just mauling guys and just pushing mike boone all the way can we start our own segment just called angry blocks for <laughs> quinn Miners? oh yes it would just purely be him <laughs> yes yeah. he is man I love that. And I love that Angry Runs now just runs in the family for the Broncos. Um, Curtis Modkin's got to take some pride in that. Two different running backs this year with an Angry Run. And honestly, Melvin Gordon, like, 
Gotta feel left out of the party a little bit. Gotta want, he's gonna have to, you know, maybe he's gonna run a little harder this week trying to get a, uh, one of his own. Both of the guys are George Payton pickups too. They so sure are. George Payton feels pretty proud of seeing, of seeing Boone and Javante, and of course now Quinn Miners also a George Payton pickup. That is well, yeah. and, and and when we look at uh, Javante, when we saw Boone in the game, we said, "Wow, he is running with the exact mm-hmm. same philosophy as Javante Williams." That that that's contagious. It is contagious, and he's a little bit faster, so it looks even more exciting. Like when you see someone moving that quickly and want to lower their shoulder on someone. More Mike Boone. Uh, I don't care how <laughs> you do it, and and this is like, it's almost a catch twenty two, right? Because we're like more Javante, uh, and so then they give it to more Javante, and I'm like, well, more Mike Boone. But you that I'm not saying you should take Melvin Gordon out of the rotation because he's been really good. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to take carries away from Javante to give them to Mike Boone, I, and I don't want to take them away from Melvin Gordon either. So, just more run plays. Well, here we go. In <clears throat> Cleveland, they were talking about do you get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time? Mm-hmm. Why? Why not? And talk, Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Why <laughs> not? Talk, yeah. Why not talk about getting at least two of these guys on the field together more often? Oh, and because the other that. thing. With Javante, Javante is still coming along as a pass protector, but we know Melvin Gordon is a very good pass protector. Yep. So Melvin Gordon can presumably block for Javante. Javante could block for Melvin from time to time. I'm just saying, at this point, the offense, after last after what we saw Sunday night, let's try some different things here. Well, what I'm saying is, after what we saw last night, let's just do the Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels formula. <laughs> let's just run the ball, and that's how you get touches to Javante, Melvin, and Mike Boone. Just do that. Look at look at that. The Buffalo Bills are great defense. Couldn't do anything about it. I mean, they could do things about it. They only gave up 14 points, but they couldn't do enough about it. They well, gave I mean, up 250 <laughs> rushing yards. They couldn't do anything they, about they it. They did, but at the same time, you had a couple of passes dropped by Dawson Knox and in Matt Breida with that fumble. I mean, yep. it would look. It no, was a good. Saying, it was a I was good saying game. The Bills right, defense right, couldn't do right. anything. They gave up 250 rushing yards. Yeah, they yeah, and then and and they gave up what less than 300 yards game to, for the game total. Look, they they allowed the Patriots to do what they did. Buffalo still can blame themselves and their own mistakes for losing that game. It was a good game plan by Bel- by Belichick, but Buffalo has to look at themselves, especially on the offensive side, and say. We screwed that up. Well, yeah, I was just talking yeah. about the defense. Did you guys see salty Sean McDermott after the game? No, but I did see the interaction with the reporter and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Did you see that? Yes, yeah. I, I think the salty Sean McDermott's even better. Really? Yes. See, because yes. I was on the, the safeties uh, side there. I thought that was kind of a bush league so, question. So, so, so explain exactly what the question – because I, I heard it was how the fresh question was framed, and I didn't <laughs> see the question itself. Yeah, the question along the line was like, that's the first time since – 1945 or whatever that a team has won a game with so-and-so rushing attempts and so-and-so passing attempts are you embarrassed by that oh wow yeah oh wow uh and that was and that was like a follow-up to someone else's question that had already kind of pushing it yeah and he like drove the Mm -hmm. knife in and then like i I, you know I, i felt like it was like a little he crossed the line a little bit um and then afterwards someone kept rolling and as they were walking off like uh, Micah Hyde was like, hey, man, like we sit up here, we answer your questions every single week. I try to do so respectfully, but like have some respect or something like that. Yeah. And the reporter chirped back. In my day, people would answer that question. Oh, I didn't hear the re- the chirp back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. In my day. So probably not a young fella. No. <laughs> Sullivan's been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, sometimes 
I hate to like put this on having an old school mentality, but uh, there there are some in the media that have been around a long time that uh, really don't suffer an answer like that. They don't at least not suffer it well. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah that, not a good look. There's ways to frame questions. But here's yeah. like here's the thing. That's an interesting like that is an interesting factoid, but it's not something that really makes for an incredibly relevant question all the time. Or there's a you don't ask if a guy's embarrassed by it, okay? Right, and that's exa- and that's a the, leading the, question. It's not even a good way to ask a question anyway. You just ask like, how does that make you feel? You yeah. know, you know what I mean. Like at least that puts it in their hands and they can mm-hmm. say like look man the weather was crazy we all dealt with the conditions it led to a weird game or you ask kind of say all right like you know this is something unusual what do you think like from your perspective what led to that what co- what caused this yeah. to happen that's that's how you ask a question like that not were you embarrassed by it because that's just you're just you're just trying to poke uh, yeah i mean like asking like very prideful professional athletes yeah. if they're embarrassed after a very frustrating loss, it's just you're asking for trouble, and he was. Well, after a great game, there was also great press conferences. Sean McDermott was asked uh, what what the impact of the psychological uh, component going up against Bill Belichick when he's just running, 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 and he said, let's not give more credit than we need to give to Bill Belichick right now. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. And he said it pissed off. I mean, I will say, like, they just kept running the ball. It's not some novel idea. Well, there was, it, it, it was it was windy, and their quarterback, you know, is, is a young quarterback. It kind uh, of is not a, a big psychological advantage. I mean, kind of a mind game, I should say. Like, when are right, they going right. I could to, see that. to have play action here? Right. I could see, like, eventually they're going to throw it. And you yeah. saw the Bills' defense adjust to that. At first, they were playing, like, a little run heavy. And then by the fourth quarter, in the, in the third quarter, it was like 11 guys in the box. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you have to adapt. I mean, I, I really thought when we saw the first quarter and the Patriots weren't passing, I thought, all right. Maybe they'll pass with the wind in the second quarter. That's what Peyton kept saying. That was that that was the shock that they that they didn't do that because I mean I, I even tweeted out before the game, it's a little bit like that day in it's Senior Bowl in January where Mac Jones when he went against the wind couldn't put anything on it, hmm. but when he went with the wind, it was about thirty thirty five miles an hour. He was able to adjust so well that he was absolutely dropping dimes when he had the wind in his back. So I thought maybe Belichick would, in the second quarter, go with the win, but he and let him throw a little bit, but he didn't do that. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about this game is I'm sad we didn't get a longer field goal attempt. Um, I don't know if you saw with the win. <laughs> yes. Uh, in warmups, someone hit like <clears throat> a 55 yarder that hit the top of the net, and I was just like, oh my god, they could try like a 75 yarder in this. I don't think. I don't think they would have done it though just because of the field position yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and because of the the win not necessarily at your back but side to side well it's like you had to play the fade a little right, bit on right. it like you saw one you saw one ball that started off going wide and then and then the wind caught it about halfway to the uprights and then just yeah i mean even going there. back to the chiefs game on sunday night there was a, a decent wind going there yeah and butker kept hitting draw like the ball was like off axis and i kept waiting for it to spin but he was just drawing it into the wind the wind would hold it online those guys are impressive and bucker was kicking that 56 yarder was against the wind yeah against and across yeah it was that was a very impressive kick it was um all right so kareem jackson after the game gives a speech to the locker room right zach what was the message yeah the message was playoffs start now 
and that's... I'd love to have a home playoff game against the Lions. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> In fact, the Broncos just sent out two season ticket holders their playoff notice. So maybe they are saying, maybe they're saying, Kareem, they, you're right. Playoffs start this Sunday, baby. They have to, though. There, there, there's, oh, a, there's a standard as far as being within X amount of games of a division title, of, of having a home game in round one where you have to send those notices out. Because I think, I, I want to say, um, I, I'm pretty sure they sent notices out, for example, in 2016. When they end up missing the playoffs at nine and seven, yeah. If you're within, yeah, you gotta right. you gotta be on top of so, it just in case. So the way I mean, it, it may seem bleak sitting at number twelve, but you're two games back of the division uh, of the division title, and totally. uh, you're one game back of even if things go a certain way, having a AFC Championship home game if things if somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's look it, these hey, things look. they sound absurd on the surface, but. They're possible enough to where the NFL tells all the teams you have to prepare for these of course. contingencies. 2015, everyone was miserable, and you blink your eyes and open them up, and all of a sudden the Broncos are the number one overall seed. Well, yeah. what what was on the line in that in that final game? It was the number one overall seed, and couldn't they drop to like fifth? Yeah, yes. the wild card. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kansas exactly. City would have been division champions. Yep, wild, mm-hmm. wild. I mean, right now, guys, the Broncos still have a chance to make the playoffs. They still have a good chance, or, or a, a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. They still have a chance. To win the AFC West, they still have a chance to have a first round bye, and only <laughs> one team gets that. But guys, there still is a chance for that. It is crazy. I mean, probably not going to happen, but the odds are very much in your favor that it's not going to happen. My question to you guys is do the playoffs start this weekend? Is Cream Jackson right in that assessment? Mm, well, by a very literal sense, no. The Broncos can lose a, a couple more games, but when you look at this in realistic, yeah. Yeah, mm. it is It is absolutely crazy, and there's many reasons for that. And the first and foremost is look around at the division standings right now, and guys, there's no room to breathe. There is no room. The Broncos are one game out of all three wildcard spots. So you think, Okay, they can afford to drop some. There's five other teams right there in the yeah. hunt with them, right behind them. So you have eight teams within literally like half or one to one and a half games of each other fighting for three spots. So, yes, you can lose because you're so close to the playoffs, but you can't lose because there's so many teams competing right there. And when you say this week specifically, yes, the playoffs absolutely start this week. You cannot lose to the Detroit Lions and have any shot of playoffs. In fact, if they lose to the Detroit Lions, there'll still be like a 3% chance that the Broncos make the playoffs after this week. There's a 0% oh, chance. They if do. they lose to the Lions, they're they're done. Yeah, I mean I think it, I think they're not done technically, but they're done I think kind of spiritually, yeah. psychologically, emotionally. Yeah. And at that point, if you lose and even though the Lions do have a home win, I don't think it changes the fact that if you lose to the Lions at home, that tells you, all right, we're going to have to bring in the broom and make some changes on this coaching staff. Oh, and yes. I would do it, yeah. you know, um, before the post-game speeches even you over. Wait, you wouldn't even wait. Yeah. Wouldn't, if, and here's the thing. If you know that you're moving on from Vic Fangio, I'll say, say it before I'll say it again. Because you can do the start doing interviews that last week of the season, if you lose this game and you know, okay, this just isn't going to work, why not do it next Monday? What I see happening is if they lose to the Lions, I see Pat Shermer gone, and this is Vic's mm-hmm. last hope 
to try yeah. to save his job. But guys, mm-hmm. I don't think this is happening. <clears throat> I don't, I don't think the Broncos so, are losing. I, I think they'll win. I've been comfortably. I mentioned I want to do uh, a, a little film study on the Lions just to see how they beat the, the Vikings. Um, saw a little bit of the red zone, um, but you know the, they're terrible. But they did win a game against an NFL team this last week, so they're not. It is not impossible to lose to them. Uh, you know, just ask Kirk Cousins, who, by the way, is better than Teddy Bridgewater. You don't want Kirk Cousins, though. You don't. No, of course not. No, you don't want Kirk Cousins. He, he's. He just lost to the Lions. He just lost to the Lions. So <laughs> Minnesota's defense is rancid. Right, and that's what I that's was going to say. Thing. That's the number one thing when when we talk about the Lions and when people are saying, "Hey, don't overlook them." I'm saying like. The, there's just no way this defense lets what ha- what happened to the Vikings happen to them. Doesn't this match up, and we're going to talk about the Lions, but doesn't this team match up very well for the Broncos where a bad defense so the Broncos offense can do some things, and then I'm not worried for a second about Jared Goff, especially against this defense. So it actually matches up very well. Yeah, and maybe we're overvaluing the defense right now because of just how good they've been the last two weeks, but... I mean, how could we not? They just mm-hmm. held Patrick Mahomes to the worst passer rating game of his career other than the Super Bowl this last year. Um, so it's, it's you know, you have to be extremely high on this defense right now, and they're about to play the line. Just step back for a moment and look at the last two weeks in particular. Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, defense accounts for for 16 points allowed in one game, 13 in another. So you're allowing fewer than 15 points a game. And, oh, by the way, those – some of the bunch of those points for the Chargers were garbage time points. Well, right. you, this you, is, they, I mean, they're doing what you need them to do. I'll take it two weeks back uh, after that as well in the Cowboys, what the Broncos were able to do mm-hmm. against the Cowboys. And, I mean, they didn't score a point until garbage time either. So, yes, there is reason for hope. And, guys, look at us. We're not overlooking the Lions. We just spent five minutes talking about the Lions, and we weren't even planning on talking about the Lions. And that's what the Broncos have to do this week, not overlook them, and they will win and then, guys, starts the stretch. So that, for me, is what, what I was going to say, is if the playoffs are starting soon, this would be the bye week. Uh, the, the You can't go to a tropical island and get totally blasted bye week. No, this is, Al- this is Alabama playing like New Mexico State right before Right, right. That's, that's kind of what I mean is... Uh, I mean, that's a 55-point spread. This is an eight-point spread. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> not NFL, quite that. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. this is this is a playoff game in the sense that you have to win it to be alive. Right. It's not a playoff game in the way that the game's following. You got to win this one. Basically, I, this to me is win and you're in to the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? So it's your... This is week 17. You got to get it because... It's your NBA 14... Round robin to get to get those right. guys too. So really quick, a question for both of you: What's more difficult? Let's say the Chiefs, and I don't this, I don't expect this to be the case, but let's say the Chiefs have everything locked up and they are playing for nothing in Week 18. What's an easier game this week at home against the Lions? Yes. Or Week 18 against the Chiefs? One hundred percent this week. This week, I would literally rather play the Lions every single time than <laughs> the uh, Chiefs with. Whoever is their quarterback, Chad Henney. <laughs> well, remember last year in the fourth quarter when the Broncos were getting stomped by the Chiefs, the Chiefs scrubs in the fourth quarter were beating him. Well, and that just shows it's just scheme. That it's shows scheme. how bad the Lions are. And yes, they are one and zero in their past one game. Broncos are zero and one, but they are still one ten and one. Yes, they are not good. 
and this defense should have their way with them to the point where it doesn't really matter what the offense does. Uh, and that's not the case. So what I'm saying is you got to win this one to get into the playoffs, which would start then next week, where you have game after game after game that are true challenges mm -hmm. against other teams that are competing for the playoffs. Some of these so then games, the playoff yeah. starts this week. No, this is week 17. <laughs> this is the, no, the play-in game. Yeah, exactly. This is this, and, they're, yeah. and you're the, the one seed and they're the 16. <laughs> you're, you, you, you made it to, to the first four in the NCAA Well, that would tournament. be the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the playoffs. Yeah, it's you're, the, you're not the in the playoffs. you're not <laughs> in the field of sixty. We're disagreeing on semantics here. I'm just saying. Or maybe, playoffs or maybe have to it's be the one. Other or, teams. or maybe it's the one game playoff at the end of a baseball season if two teams are tied. No, because this team isn't in. I know. It. That's my big thing here. But here, here's the thing: if you lose, oh. you're done. So it yes. is the playoffs. You got to win. It's. You know what? <laughs> I'll disagree I, with you on I, the semantics wish, all day. If you see want. now, I wish the circumstances had happened at the end of the baseball season to where. The Braves would have had to play an extra that game against the Rockies that they had to make up. They were scheduled to be made up on the Monday after the season, but only if it was it could decide the division title for the Braves. So it's like what that game would have been: the Braves playing the Rockies on a Monday. If the Braves win, they go to the postseason, and the Rockies having to drag their asses out to Atlanta mm. to play a game that meant nothing to them but everything for their opponent. Now we're that's what it. that's actually what we have, and that's the playoffs. Not really. <laughs> when you're um, in, by the way, you go home. by the way, the the last time the Lions had scored more than uh, more than twenty points before last week was Week One. Week One, yeah. This offense, past three is, months. This offense is crap. Yep. Of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's they have no. There's no reason that they should honestly even score double digits against this Broncos defense. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Unless they sleep too hard. Yeah, and, and it, honestly, man, what an embarrassment that would be. Honestly, even just letting the Lions hang around, the only way that happens is if you do overlook them, and that would be a, a huge indictment of the whole team. It absolutely would, players and coaching you staff. Can, you, mm -hmm. This is the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, there we go. It's the playoffs. <laughs> you can't baby. overlook anyone. You can't <laughs> overlook anyone. They're just not good enough. The, the other thing is also, I mean, this game, the other reason why I wouldn't say it's the playoffs just yet is because this game really – Believe it or not, it's not an elimination game. I mean, because you'd be lost number seven, you could still get there. But you get beyond this, you're starting some of those games, like that Raider game in week 16, for example, that that game may well be an elimination game, as in losers, losers done. Losers so, so Mace, Ed, when we started this conversation, you said if the Broncos lose this game, they're done. They're done, so kind of like we playoffs. said, psychologically. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Yeah. There, there we go. And guys, speaking of overlooking things, boy, did I overlook the weather last night when I gave out my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Same, so, but so I retracted. You. I retracted uh, on bets. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that weather was crazy. Of course, Ryan and I both lost our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I expected the weather to not be good. I didn't expect it to be like horrendously bad and boy did it make for a good game and so if you follow my advice well you got to get back over to DraftKings Sportsbook to make that back up and guys if you signed up last night and you bet one dollar on a point to be scored 
Yes, there were points scored in the game. You got $100 in free bets, and that offer still stands for DraftKings uh, customers. When you go and you use code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook, and you spend $1 on any team in a game, and they score a point in the game, there's any points scored, which will happen in every single game this weekend, you get $100 in free bets. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. I see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And I do want to just give a quick plug for our bet show that we do every day. Absolutely. Uh, 3.30 every day, or most days at 3.30, and live on YouTube just like right here. Um, but yesterday, we had that game absolutely read like a book. Uh, first thing I said is, I said on the Broncos show this morning <laughs> that I liked Mac Jones completions. I'm taking back everything I said. I saw the weather. And then we said, take the under uh, and take the Patriots because they're the team that was better at running the ball. Um, and that's, I mean, it's exactly what happened, right? The, you know, the, the Bills had to force themselves into throwing it because they don't know any other way. They don't know how to play any other style of game, um, which is interesting for a team that is maybe going to have to deal with more conditions like that. And um, a team but, with a running quarterback as well. Why weren't you setting Josh Allen up more? I would, yeah. To take that off? was when a had, massive coaching failure. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, it might have just been a survive and advance game for them. Like, don't get hurt. Brian Dayball did not clothe himself in glory last night calling plays. No, I don't think so either. Guys, they're the seventh seed right now. I mean, the the Bills are slipping. And the Patriots big are the one seed. Yeah. Yeah, yep. How about that? It took them one year to rebuild. Bill, the Bills, I think, are the <laughs> biggest. I think the Bills are the biggest underachievers in football this year. That team should not be seven and five. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got the number one rush defense in the NFL before last night. Seattle um, will be right up there, but in the AFC, I totally agree. At least Seattle has the excuse of losing Russ. And they have a bad a roster. Games. Yeah. They just have Russ. Um, got so, Russ, though. I know. I know. You, you shouldn't be that bad with Russ. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills, they've, they've built that team and built that team. And given, you know, the only thing they've never done is, like, tried to acquire one of those running backs. And I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand why. Um you know, regardless of who it is, I just feel like they've been so complacent at that position when there's been options out there that seemed like upgrades. Well, let's say the Broncos don't bring back Melvin Gordon. Right. Wouldn't he make a hell of a lot of sense for that team? Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of guys that have been yeah. floating around that I'm like, oh, Bill should get that guy. That'd be yeah. great. Um, they just don't do it. Um, anyways, uh, also want to give a shout out to the bar right below. So you got to come down here, come hang out, come watch games here. It's always a blast. Um, got another double header coming on Wednesday, Nuggets and Abs. Those are always fun to come down here and check out. Um, we, we've always got game sound on for one of the games. It's always a fun time meeting other people that you know from Twitter. You've seen, you know, you've seen them online. Uh, everyone's kind of mingling, having fun. You can, of course, mingle with us. Um, everyone, you know, that came out for Sunday Night Football, I assume, had a good time other than the Broncos offense. Um, but it's always great to come. So come on down. Come have Breck Brew, whatever else uh, you love, and, and hang out with us out here at the bar. Did the fans end up turning on the team toward the end of the game? Not really. Okay. No, it was pretty electric in a very positive, fun vibe way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think it, there was like this, like, um, hopeful, optimistic feeling coming into it. And then people just started having a good time hanging out with everyone. And by the time, you know, the game was out of hand, it was, it, 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 no one was surprised, you know? And so it was just like frustrated, but people saw, seemed to still be having a good time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
Cool. How many beers did you have Sunday night? How Me? many wreck brews? Yeah. Oh, three. <laughs> okay. I, I'll tell you, some people were crushing them, though. I'd love yeah. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> there, we had Breck beer towers. We had some oh, of those. Oh, yeah. They oh, were, yeah. The towers were flowing. Um, yeah, I had too much fun at the Chargers game, so I toned it back <laughs> yeah. for the post-game no show on thing. Sunday night. <laughs> Well, of course, you can get those Breck and Ray's brews here at the DMVR bar. We got the full array. Although I don't think we said we don't have Christmas ale here, but you can get Christmas ale pretty much anywhere. Yep. Right now, any liquor store, any grocery store, whatever in Colorado, you can get those those kegs of Christmas ale. If you want to find out where to get those, go to the Breck Beer Locator on the Breck and Ray's Brewery website. You're gonna find the latest spot, the nearest spot to you. You're probably not too far from some place you can get Christmas ale. I saw it in Kansas City at a grocery store on Saturday. So plenty of places where you can get some of those delicious Breck and Ray's brews especially the Christmas sale for the holidays. We got a little nip in the air early this week. We're going to have snow at the end of the week. So it's perfect time for some Christmas sale. From it's all, yep, absolutely. So. It is. It is. And man, it's time. It's time for uh, some December weather football. That's what the Broncos are going to have after this week. Potentially <laughs> we'll see. And guys, that four game stretch after this week is huge. They play all four teams that are either in the playoffs or in the hunt. Three of them right now are in the playoffs, and they start with the Bengals at home. Who knows what the Bengals are? I mean, just as we can't figure out who the Broncos are, Cincinnati Mm -hmm. cannot figure out who the Bengals are. And right now, the Bengals' sixth seed in the AFC. They're one of those three teams tied for that third wild— or I guess the three final wild card spots, the Chargers, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, and Buffalo— all seven and five and of course the broncos just one game behind him at six and six yeah i was gonna say if you look at the records of the games after the lions of the teams they play seven and five six and six seven and five eight and four yep um just all teams right there in that big pile up in the middle of the afc obviously the chiefs are starting to pull away just a little bit um but that's why to me it's like yeah you you can't lose this one so it's kind of it has that playoff vibe but It's it's not um Starting next week, those are all playoff games. True playoff games with two teams who are fighting for their lives. The atmosphere, every play matters, every down counts. All that stuff that you talk about in the playoffs, that's going to be turned up to 11, starting with that Bengals game. I love that you get it at home um, to really, like, if you win, (laughs) again, win this week, you're 7-6. and This is a record that everyone would have taken. If you offered it to him before the season, 13, 13 games in, you get seven and six. Everyone takes that deal. Um, and you've got the Bengals at home with a chance to go to eight and six, which, by the way, would probably, you know, is going to lump you right in with them. Um, I don't know who, who, do you know who they play this week? They play the Niners. Okay. So, so the Niners are sitting game. at six and six right now. And so, you know, they're in their own, they're on the fringe of the NFC playoff race as well. And so you have a 49ers team coming in that probably views that game against the Bengals like a playoff game, basically. They're probably in the same spot as the Broncos are in terms of how they perceive it. So you'd think they would have an awful lot of urgency yeah, I going mean, to Cincinnati. The Bengals right now, the sixth seed in the AFC, the 49ers, the seventh seed in the final wild yeah. card spot in the NFC. Right. So, the, you know, they've got a tough game, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it up as a win for them. So then they're going to go to uh, eight and five, right? Yeah, they'd be eight and five if the Broncos win their seven and six, and that means winner, right, yeah, win there, and then you, you, you that's the a tiebreaker tie that you'd yeah. have, and you hope it gets to that, and then, but then the Raiders beyond that, 
but here's what's really tricky is there's so many teams bunched in here that mm-hmm. when you get down to tiebreakers where there's more than one team, then it it takes that head-to-head importance out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it's still mm-hmm. in there, but that's not the first tiebreaker. And so that's why just another importance for all of these games is the Broncos or whoever's in this final group, guys, there may be four teams tied at 10 and 6 for the final three wild card spot or 10 and 7, uh, or heck, maybe even 11 and 6. And the tiebreakers are going to be so crucial. And remember, they break division tiebreakers first. Yep. So if you've, let's say at the end of the season, you've got the Broncos, Chargers, Bengals, and Browns all at 10 and 7, the first thing they do is separate the teams in the division. So, in other words, if you're the Broncos, I mean, not that the Bengals game isn't important. It is. Can we create like a... uh, But the most important games are Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, because there's a decent shot that if you are in the playoff conversation, you're going to be starting with a deadlock with somebody in your own division. More likely the Chargers, because the Raiders will get their next two games at Kansas City, at Cleveland. Now, the Raiders went down to Dallas and won. But the overall trends for the Raiders, they've lost four of their last five. Mm-hmm. Including the loss of the football team this last weekend. Um, predicted by me. That was my <laughs> <own>. <laughs> the only one I got right. Um, like we need to create like a PEMDAS um, acronym for tiebreakers. You know, you know parentheses, uh, exponents. It's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. There's no uh, even coming up with So it's like that. Uh, head to head. Yeah. Division, HD, common opponents. But then you have to do it for if there's a three-way tie. Yeah, Yeah. and and everything just gets jumbled up. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are too many consonants to have a real good acronym there. I think. So looking at this schedule, five games left, three in the division, um, all three in a row at the end. There, what do you think the Broncos' record has to be to make the playoffs? If you want to guarantee it, no, not to guarantee it. This is they get in. If this happens, I think they I think they get in at ten and seven. But with all of these other teams here, guys, I can't guarantee that. I, I can't say if the Broncos are ten and seven, they're in. That's why if you want to guarantee it, eleven and six, and that means the playoffs absolutely start now. You have to win five straight. But I think the Broncos can drop one yeah. and end up being ten and seven. But it's going to be key about dropping the right one if you're right. going to yeah. drop it, and you gotta hope and pray that Kansas City either has the number one seed locked up, which I don't think they're going to do, or they just have their spot in the playoffs locked up so that when you play them in Week 18, they're not playing for anything, and that is closer to a gimme game. The best game to lose strategically would be the Lions, NFC opponent. Yes. But, guys, just like we said at the beginning of this this pod, if they lose this week to the Lions, they're done. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, but you look at also the other teams and how and how there are games against each other. Like, let's take for example Cleveland sitting at six and six. They've got it. They go their next few games. They go Baltimore Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. So you see right Jeez. there, Raiders, Steelers, Bengals are other teams that they have to face that are in the playoff mix. And so similar to the Broncos, you've got these schedules that ensure that they guarantee somebody's going to win, but somebody's going to lose unless yeah. there's a tie. So, right. Yeah. So that, that that that's one of those things that I think may keep teams from breaking away and why you may be talking about ten and seven being good enough to get you in at the end. Well, and so what you have to hope for is you have to hope for that the teams at the top 
really pull away from everyone else instead of coming back to the pack. And you hope at the teams at the bottom, like the six and six Browns, that they're the ones that that uh, that bottom out. Yeah, exactly. You're rooting for the Chiefs, believe it or not. At this point, you are. You're saying the division has sailed away. The Chiefs go Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. So literally, they're facing teams all in that cluster. You want the Chiefs to just keep on winning. It's kind of crazy to me. When I look at the schedule, this makes no sense. The game that gives me the worst feeling is the Raiders game. It's the day after Christmas. It's on the road. It's The Broncos have just like a... A propensity for those holiday games going wrong. Well, wait, why? Why do you say that's crazy? Because I was thinking about this Just last because night too. They're the second worst team left. They they beat your brains out yeah. in Denver earlier this year. Derek Carr's still going to be playing really hard, and like you said, it, it's it's on the road. It's a weird game coming after a holiday, guys. The the Chargers game outside of this Lions game, and assuming the Chiefs are playing for something. That's the easiest one in those final four. Look, Vic Fangio is great uh, against Justin Herbert and slowing and him down. Moore. Yeah, it, exactly. And so I'm that that game. I, I shouldn't say I'm not worried about the Broncos. Can absolutely lose that game. But when you rank these games, that one's the easiest one. It, it yeah, it's yeah. just weird. I mean, you so you could come out of this Lions um, Bengals stretch back to back home games eight and six, just riding high in that game. Because if you get the Raiders game after that, then you're I mean you're three-game winning streak going into the final stretch. You probably need to just split them. You're feeling great. But if you lose that, then all of a sudden your backs are up against the wall. You're going up against Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in the final two games. That one, It could be a banana peel game. And now the thing is with the Raiders, since since the Henry Ruggs incident, since the accident, since the uh, car crash where he was drunk and they cut him, their offense for the last five games – hasn't gotten to 20 points. Terrible. I mean, basically, that Thanksgiving game on Dallas, again, in Dallas, looks like the aberration that we got the Raiders back to their offensive norms against Washington. Still the only game they've won without Henry Ruggs in the last two years. And now you've got at Kansas City, at Cleveland. And this has been the year of unpredictable results. But, yes, these are two games where the Raiders are going to be the underdog. So there's a very real chance it's 8-6 and versus 6-8. and And that is, yeah, that could be kind of, dangerous if the Broncos the, because the Broncos I, yeah they could take them lightly at that point oh, if, that, if that happens again if they don't beat both the Lions and Bengals we're not having this and this discussion. is why to yeah. put a bow on this this is why Kareem Jackson gave this speech this week because yeah. the Broncos are not good enough and they're not in a good enough position to overlook anyone at this point so he is getting ahead of this right he's trying to say we have to win out uh, if we want to make the playoffs. And and it's a good message to have, even if it's not necessarily true. They cannot have a misstep. They can't, you know, go party in Vegas on Christmas night and come out flat the next day. Like, these are the types of things that they just can't afford at this point. They have to come in sharp in every single game. I really think they probably need to win the next three um, to feel really good about their position. Because I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're gonna beat the Chargers and Chiefs in the last two games. So here, here's why the playoffs start now. And Ryan and Mace, if they beat the Lions, if they beat the Bengals, if they beat the Raiders, they win these next three, and they are sitting at nine and six. You know what their playoff odds are? Three game win streak, nine and six. Sixty uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, sixty-five percent. Fifty. A coin mm. flip at that point. After beating three straight teams, after beating two teams in the playoffs, it's still a coin flip. Yep. 
Are they factoring in the the possibility that the Chiefs might not be playing for anything in Week 18? Probably not. Yeah, pr- probably not. That's <laughs> but that, still. that's a game changer. I don't but think still. the robot simulator can think of those things. <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm I was shocked when I saw if the Broncos are nine and six. Nine and six? That's playoffs. And there's that a ver- it's only a coin flip at that point. And there's a very good chance that if the that the Broncos and Chiefs would or Chargers would both be nine and six in that game because the Chargers seven and five right now. Two of their next three games are against the Giants and Texans. Who's and they have third? the Chiefs in between. Chiefs. If you were betting on it. They a, beat them so earlier. You, so you, you get the Giants, who might be playing Jake Fromm. Yeah. And then you get and then the Chiefs, and then you get the Texans, who, if you can't take care of business against them, you might as well just get, you know just give up and start over. Big Nasty here coming yeah. with the bad vibes in the comments saying, can't wait to see RK's mood after the Lions beat us. Hey, I've done plenty of coaching hot boards. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll come ready with the uh, with my candidates. Well, but that's that's what's kind of on the line this week. Either we're t- either we're having a legitimate talk about the playoffs, playoffs, or we're talking about just sacking everybody. Yep. Or at least sacking one or two coaches. I mean, you saw yesterday for the Flyers after an eight-game losing streak, different sport, but still, they sacked both their head coach and their top assistant. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about yeah. maybe sacking someone on Monday morning, or we're, but we're definitely talking about everyone's gone after the season. Yeah, and speaking yeah. of sacks, how about our friends over at Manscaped? So it's the holiday oh, season. Uh, Don't you know what to get as a stocking stuffer? Manscaped has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below the waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Uh, that's about 8 million sacks. Well, no, it's 4 million sacks, yeah. 8 million balls. Yeah. Uh, so there you Give go. Take. That's, a, that's a lot. Uh, of course, Manscaped, uh, great products. And it's not just the Lawnmower 4.0. Uh, that is such a great product. It's really all their other stuff. We've got a couple of the uh, new shampoo conditioner hybrids here on the table. Uh, great packaging, by the way, uh, for your great packaging. So check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use that code DNVR for, let's see, what is it? 20%, 20% off, off plus free shipping Boom. at manscaped.com. Exactly. And speaking of great deals, guys, our friends over at Mint Mobile are offering an incredible deal right now and all the time. The deal that they're offering all the time is cell phone service starting at $15 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and your data plans start at $15. And you're probably saying, okay, what's the catch? There is no catch. The only catch is you can't go into a store to Mint Mobile because that's how they cut all the overhead is they don't have stores. You don't want to go into a cell phone store anyways. That's probably the worst place to be outside of maybe the DMV. So what you do is you go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. They send you a SIM card in the mail with a tiny little envelope, super easy to set up. You put the SIM card in your phone, download an app, and boom, you are set to go saving 15 or only paying $15 a month. Guys, I'm rolling on Mint Mobile. It was that easy to do, and it is that easy. And the cell phone service is fantastic. And for a limited time, guys, they're giving you the opportunity to get it half off. Buy three months, and you'll get the next three months free. I mean, it can't get any better. You're already saving like 75%, and then you take 20 to 50% off of that. So go check them out at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. Like I said, I'm running on it now. Super easy to set up and saves you tons of money. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR. Of course, you've talked about taking care of your balls earlier, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about getting a great deal from Mint Mobile. Maybe you want a great deal in terms of where you work and what you do. And... 
a way to get that great deal back would be by joining the team over at Ball. Of course, they've got their aluminum can production facility right there in Golden. And right now, they're looking for production technicians. If you want to get the full description, you can go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. But kind of here are the bullet points. A production technician works on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plants. There's a $27.39 wage to start off per hour with potential for increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the, on the job. You're responsible for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment, and you're part of the production team, both in quality and meeting operational goals for the, for volume. And if you're a production tech at Ball, I mentioned that you get you get you get salary increases potentially at 6, 12, 18 months. You get eligible for bonuses. You're eligible for benefits right away. And there is growth built into the job. Many production techs become maintainers, which is the next step up. And employees who started off as production techs have gone on to other roles in operations and management. Of course, Ball is a great place to work. Zach and Julie will tell you all about that. The aluminum can business is booming because aluminum is infinitely recyclable. So I'm going to take this can when I'm done. It's in my koozie. Put it in the recycling bin as soon as I'm done with this show. And someone, and that aluminum will keep being used. Maybe that aluminum will end up over at the ball plant in Golden. So if you want to join Ball's team today, text Golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions. Or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Or simply text Golden to 77222. All right, boys, let's jump into the questions from the listeners. First, we do we have any super chats, Kill? Nope. No super chats. All right, let's jump into the question from the listeners. Also, just we we love your super chats, but we have a lot of questions to get here. So maybe don't leave them. Today. <laughs> <laughs> but do hit us with a thumbs up if you're over on YouTube. And if you're watching on Twitter, jump over to YouTube. It's a better stream. And the chat's also a lot better. And we'd really appreciate a thumbs up. There we go. All right, let's jump in. Who's first? First one from Chicago Bronco 86. That was definitely a disappointing game, but it doesn't really change who this team is for me. They've got a lot of young talent and good defensive scheme, but an average quarterback and bad offensive scheme. Altogether, an inconsistent fringe playoff contender. The real question is, what's the best move for the future? Wilson and Rodgers are definitely the best options, though giving Tua a year is intriguing. However, if those aren't possible, I want Denver to take advantage of their stock of second and third round picks to take another shot at one of these quarterbacks in the second or third. If none of them separate themselves with the understanding they will jump on a quarterback next year in the first round if possible or if the guy doesn't flash then they have a first rounder and three other top 100 picks to fortify the Lions and maybe add to the secondary I'd replace Vic but if they don't they have to bring in an offensive mind and essentially make him the head coach of the offense thoughts one thing I really don't like in there and that is using a second or a third round pick on a quarterback uh you can do that if you have the guy already or if you need a good backup but what, your plan cannot be a second or a third round quarterback. That uh, I really don't. That's like where that. that's where Chicago Bronco lost me on it. I mean, if if you've identified a quarterback that you value enough, then take those second round picks or some combination of picks. Go to the end of round one, get him, and then if it works out, get that fifth year option. But the thing this is a, in addition to having Tua. No, this is just or this Tua. is his plan. Oh, okay. Right. I thought the plan was get Tua. No. And no. Okay, no. Okay, okay. no. No. Tua, if you get Tua, you're giving him a year and 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 then saying, "All right, if he's developing fine, we'll stick with him. If not, then we're going to go back into the draft pool." 
Yep. J- just like yeah. yesterday, I said my that that's yeah. my that's my uh, maybe the ideal plan. If you don't land a veteran, is you trade some of the 2022 draft capital for 2023 draft capital, so that if two doesn't work out, boom, you can go get your guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I'm on board with trying to stock up for not this draft but the next one. Yeah. The problem so, is like a guy like Bryce Young is probably going to end up going number 1 overall. Yep. And so you and that team wouldn't trade the pick in all likelihood. Unless it's a situation where someone who drafted a quarterback, you know, who's going to draft a quarterback this year, that quarterback ends up not being great and they they flounder but they do they flash in the second half of the season so they're not ready to move on from them. And you can give up a haul to get that number one overall pick. Or somehow do what the Giants, Jets, and Eagles did. And you get someone else's first round pick. And then that team does so bad. Guys, those those three teams each have multiple picks in the top in, ten. In the top ten. Yeah. It is insane. We could see a run of six picks in the top ten where three teams are making those picks. The Broncos really had the opportunity to be that team, but remember they chose to take Pat Sertan. And Sertan is playing great, but they did have the opportunity with it when the Bears were calling to have the Bears' first round pick next year. They also had a chance to draft Mac Jones. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I don't think he'd be the same Mac Jones. <laughs> yes, he would be. He's Mac, baby. Bronk, Euler. And guys, <laughs> really quick, especially in season, we ask that you keep these comments just a little shorter so that <laughs> we can get to everyone's. Uh, and speaking of that, here comes a long one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to condense it here. Bronk, Euler says, am I the only one who is not that excited about some of our cornerstone guys right now? One, Cortland Sutton. Two, Bradley Chubb, three, Noah Fant, four, Justin Simmons. He says all four of these guys are good football players, but I feel like this team is seriously lacking dynamism. Dynamism. Is that a real word? Yes, it is. Wow. And pop for a roster that's so talented. And and I got to say, Bronco Oiler left great explanations for each of these guys. We just can't read it on this pod. And and Bronco Oiler, it's not just you. There's a lot of long comments on on here. We ask that you guys just leave them a little short. I'm just honored you looked at me and not Mace when you asked, is that a real word? (laughs) (laughs) Zach always looks at you first. He he like, like, sometimes I feel like I'm the third wheel here. Like, Zach never looks at me. Well, I'm I'm facing Ryan. Well, yeah. Yeah. Usually I'm tossing to Zach, so then he's responding to me. It's just unnatural. Mace, I can. We yeah. can trade seats and you can be in the or, middle. No, that's fine. Like it, it, this is where like if we had like three separate chairs and then and you'd be angled straight, and then you could kind of incorporate both. But if we're being in the sofa, you're angled this way. Just, exactly. Yeah. Speaking that's of things, why I like the we three don't chairs better than the, two, the sofa and the chair. <laughs> we'll redesign the set another yeah, day. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Um, these are guys who you really need to be stars. Um, Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant, Justin Simmons. Are you giving Fant the fifth-year option right now? No. No. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's not playing at that level. I mean, but I, yeah. I do make the excuse for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy that this offense isn't designed to get those guys the balls the way that it should be. The, and the same could be said for Noah Fant. And the other thing, it says a lot that despite – maybe the lack of statistical production that Cortland Sun and Tim Patrick did get paid. Right. It says it, well, it's, I, it's, it's, it says that, okay, if there's a problem here, the problem is at the quarterback position, not at the wide receiver position. The number one thing I'm seeing out there that makes me like want to bang my head up against the wall is why did they pay those guys all that money to not get them the ball? Because it's just like, they didn't pay them that money for this year. They right. paid him that money for the future. They're planning on having a better quarterback. They're planning on having a better offense. They're planning on getting those guys the ball more. 
One thing I will say that is a bit of an indictment on Noah Fant is Pat Shermer used Evan Ingram so much mm -hmm. in New York, and he doesn't use him in those ways here. And to me, it just tells me he could be wrong about this. I don't necessarily trust his judgment, but it tells me that he doesn't think that he's that kind of guy. What I'll say about Cortland Sutton is you paid him to be special. That's not an excuse for this year that he doesn't have great quarterback play. He needs oh, to I be. Think he needs to be special. No, you can't. It's a. You can't be special if they don't get you the ball. Then Ultimately, you, it's then, a dependent then, position. Then, then you shouldn't pay it. Just like the safety position, Justin Simmons. He's getting paid a ton. He's a great player. You. I don't even know if it's worth paying the safety position special money. If you're going to pay Cortland Sutton special money, no, you don't You don't get a pass. You get a pass if you're a second-round wide receiver playing well uh, and with, with average to bad quarterback play. If you are special, getting paid special money, you have to be special. I'm not saying 100 yards per game. supposed to throw the ball to himself? 105 yards in five games. But what is, it, is he dropping passes? He's not. He, how, much, how, how open was he? How how much uh how much uh separation was he getting against Kansas City? I'm just saying it's it's not a full excuse. Uh, I I think when if they get the quarterback position figured out, we'll look back and say yeah that was a fair excuse. Well, I, I think mm -hmm. I think every wide receiver when they get an elite quarterback or get the quarterback position quote unquote figured out, you, you're seeing no name guys that work with good quarterbacks that are balling out. Well, that, I mean your argument should be against paying wide receivers on the Broncos right now, not necessarily. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. But then, but, but then when they pay those guys, I expect them to be special if they're getting special money. Yeah. I just don't think they have that opportunity right now. Well, then it's a bad deal. Then that's and, a fair and, take. But that comes in with this, a cornerstone guy. If you're paying a guy to be a cornerstone and he's not living in, and, and, and he's not having that impact, that's part of this conversation. And I, I think it is a part of this conversation. So anyways, on the whole there, Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant, Justin Simmons, these guys aren't making big, impactful plays on games right now, and you need them to. And it's crazy the impact that George Payton has had in such a short time because every week we're talking about his guys. We're talking about Steven Weatherly more than we're talking about Bradley Chubb. We're talking about Javante Williams more than we're talking about anyone else on offense. We're talking about... Um, you know, Caden Stearns more than we're talking about Justin Simmons. Uh, and obviously there's something to like rookie shine. Uh, and, and those guys, you know, get more credit for good plays and less credit for uh, and less blame for bad plays just because they're rookies. But there's something to be said here of these guys. You need them to be game changers. Um, and none of them are right now for various reasons. But the one of the big reasons they're not winning big games like they did on Sunday Night Football is because of, of reasons like that. Did you well, know that Bradley Chubb hasn't had a sack in six games? It's, it's not just this year; it's la late last year too. It's so bad. It's not good. I yeah. mean, he he he's like non-existent right. out there. And you know, Vic and, and Ed say you know he brings more than just pass. Yes, that's true. But you're not paying him to be just like just like Portland. You're not paying him to be special to be good in the run game. You're paying him to be special to make these big time plays. And uh, one other thing though, Ryan, I think it's a great point about the younger guys, George Payton guys, reason for hope. But now Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons are George Payton guys because he has now put his Fair. stamp of approval on him. Fair. Um, but I'm just saying on the, on the whole, I agree with the point. You need more from these guys. Yep. Mm -hmm. I totally agree.
Howler Brosurf says, well, as bad as yesterday looked, it is, ex it is expected, and there's room to be excited for the future. I just want to beat the Chiefs to close out the year. They are the most hated team in the division. I was going to turn this comment into a giant trash talk of KC as a location. It sucks. Its barbecue is overrated, and Hill is horrible, but I'll save my vitriol <laughs> and focus elsewhere. Just further confirmation that we don't have the horses needed offensively. Short of getting Wilson, I'd love to have Teddy to mentor a rookie next year. I think that could be the his ideal role. He's a consummate professional who I think tries his best just not it. If Vic turns things around, more power to him, but I'd like to see Bowles as offensive coordinator next year. Garrett Bowles. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, I could even... Todd Bowles as head coach Todd. next year. Yes. Is it what I say? Offensive coordinator. Oh, yes, yes, yes. As head coach next year. I could even be convinced to bring in Mike Shermer. These aren't... Mike, Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. These aren't, <laughs> these aren't attractive young offensive minds, but they are competent, and I think we need to grow... We need grown-ups in the room, especially if we have a young quarterback. Rookie head coach and rookie quarterbacks seem ill-advised, especially in this quarterback I would class. take... I would take Bowles over Zimmer. Me completely. Too. Of as far as defensive-minded guys who have head coaching experience. That and the thing with Bowles, why would you? Like, yeah, that that ten and six season that he had with the Jets looks better and better the yeah. longer you get away from it. Like yeah. he's he's the only guy who's had any kind of success with the with the Jets in the last ten years. I would just say like, if you hire Mike Zimmer. You're saying we aspire to be the Vikings. Oh. Yeah, the Vikings that just lost to the Lions. And then that really makes it seem like everything that happened in Minnesota uh, is going to happen in Denver in terms of, you know, overpaying you, and average. 30, good, trading up to get the 32nd pick in the draft to draft a quarterback, not having a huge investment, overpaying a free agent. And that would be so freaking scary. And being yeah. just talented enough and just good enough to frustrate to, everyone, to have hope. But not good enough to but not good enough to kind of to finish it off. Maybe like if you had say an eight year stretch, maybe there's a division title or two, another wild card or two, but you're not you're not pushing over the over the ball over the goal line. I would be livid. Yeah, that, that would scare me. You're frustrated with the Broncos at six and six this year. Vikings are five and seven. Yeah, it makes no sense. Let's just hope it doesn't even come across <laughs> the, the Vikings. Table. Think about it this year. The Vikings. Lost to the Detroit Lions, which no one else has done. They lost to a Cowboys team with Cooper Rush mm. at quarterback and Yikes. lost to them at home. But then they also beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, they're just one of I those mean, teams that are capable of a lot and always underachieved. They're yeah. capable of beating, of playing with the best. I mean, they're a missed field goal away from beating the Cardinals in Arizona. And that's the thing. Like They're capable of winning any game. They're capable of losing any game. Windy City Bronco like says, I think you should have started counting at zero in your list of who's to blame. Starting at zero, we have John Elway as general manager. If you look at the last decade of how the Chiefs have been run and compared to how the Broncos have been run, the difference is night and day. The Chiefs found their coach while we're on our fourth and soon to be fifth. They found the quarterback while we get dizzy for riding the quarterback carousel. Even the Chiefs' defense is pretty good. How long have we been struggling to build a, defense, a, de a decent offensive line? The Chiefs managed to do a complete rebuild in a single season and somehow did better. I love Elway as a quarterback, but somehow uh, at some point we have to accept that his only talent as a general manager was signing Peyton Manning. That won us a Super Bowl, but we've been adrift since. Won us a Super Bowl. Well, uh, that's the most important line in that uh, in that comment there. So I get what you're saying, though. One thing I will say about the offensive line, as much as offensive line makes make quarterbacks, 
quarterbacks make offensive lines. It's a lot easier to protect for Patrick Mahomes than it is for Teddy Bridgewater or, or Trevor Simeon or any of these other guys. Well, and this is a reason why I didn't include Vic Fangio in my who's to blame. I was just looking at one specific game. Ryan, and Mace, if we take a big step back and look at who's to blame, yeah, John Elway and Vic Fangio are certainly in this Well, we just mentioned those underachieving players that were brought up uh, in the previous comment, right? Mm-hmm. Those they're, are all LA they're guys. They're guys. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. Wisconsin Broncos says, my boys, disappointing loss from the offensive side of the ball, but on to the lines, and I couldn't be more excited. I'm coming out for my first ever Broncos home game and secured the bag for the tailgate and party bus tickets. Let's go. I'm buying you guys shots. See y'all soon. Hell yeah. Can't wait to see you, Wisconsin Bronco. Uh, good game. It's like, you know, when, when a team schedules a certain team for the homecoming game, you know, you want, mm-hmm. you want to come out for the homecoming game. You're going to beat the doors off them. The, from, and the buy-in price is reasonable. What is the Brian price? $49. Have you counted the dots yet? Uh, that's something I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> wow. You dot, really don't have to. Dot counting party at Mesa's house. <laughs> Everyone's invited. Uh, Mile high till I die says, my boys, after such a tough loss, it's hard to say uh, something positive, but I think I will have something that'll cheer some people up. My friend Phil is a diehard Chargers fan. We're excited about your imaginary friend. Uh, and we made a bet before the Chargers-Broncos game that whoever won would wear the opposing team's jersey for a day. Obviously, we got the huge win, and I finally got a chance to catch up with Phil yesterday and bring him my Champ Bailey jersey to wear. He had a good attitude about the whole thing, even though he had to take his girlfriend out on a date with the jersey <laughs> on. It's not every day you meet a Chargers fan, and certainly not every day you see a one wearing a Broncos jersey. Big shouts out to Phil for being a great sport and not backing out on a bet. I love this. I also hope they had to go to like a nice restaurant. Right. So everyone was looking at this guy like, really? You wore a football jersey (laughs) to the steakhouse? Right, exactly. And man, shout out for being a Chargers fan. Yeah, I mean. You don't see him often. A a rare, a very rarity. Um, By the way, um, someone in my mentions when we did the whole, do you know a Chargers fan thing? And I retweeted it. I ended up with someone in my mentions saying like, Chargers fans always show out at Mile High. There's going to be tons of them in the stadium on Sunday. And, like, first of all, where did that idea come from? And second of all, I was in the stadium. There was very few. I mean, there were some. They're mostly clustered behind the bench like they always are. But maybe probably yeah. the least of any opposing team that have been in there this year. There will be more Lions fans Sunday than yes. there were Chargers fans 100%. nine days ago. Part of that is because Detroit, even though they're a bad team, there are a lot of people that are from Detroit that have moved away and still love that team even though they're terrible. Yep. So but you'll you'll probably see, and in the, the jersey you will see more of than any other for Detroit, Barry Sanders. Oh, of course. Yep. And all Celebrating the past. Yep. Coach Tobin says, that game stinks. Got an idea. Let me know your thoughts. One, if you don't have a true number one quarterback, no, why not go with the three quarterback system? <laughs> no. One, between the 20s. Two, red zone quarterback. And three, deep throw quarterback. I know it'll never happen, but if you're in a situation where you don't have a quarterback that can do all three, Broncos, why not? What you think? Theoretically, of course, because we know Shermer isn't creative enough for this. Which one of these is Brett Rippon? Uh, if, if we're the, just gonna uh, do all three, we because we figure Teddy's between the twenties, right? Then Brett would have to be your red zone quarterback because he's certainly not your big arm quarterback. They don't, the thing is, only good quarterbacks are red zone quarterbacks. That's why it's so hard to to score in the red zone, and and you see it every single year. Go look at the teams who are the best at converting in the red zone, and teams that are the worst. It's all teams with a good quarterback at the top and teams with bad quarterbacks at the bottom. There is no such thing as a red zone specialist quarterback. Um, because that's just a good quarterback. The closest you'll see to this, and I was disappointed the Broncos didn't do it. Why didn't the Broncos bring out Drew at the end of the half to throw a Hail Mary deep into the end zone? 
I think it would have given them a much better chance. I mean, they didn't even have a chance. Because they could have a stat padding play like the one they got. Yeah, it's so <laughs> pathetic. That's the second one of those we've seen at the end of the first half this year. It's so pathetic. I was, like, waiting for been there, there to be to a pitch Mary. option coming across the field, and it just wasn't there. There's, 30, what, 34 yards? Yeah. Stat pad? Yep. That was yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. Hey, I mean, it helped Javante. Remember, we're Drew talking about Javante. <laughs> yeah, Javante having like an all-time yardage game in terms of yardage from from scrimmage, the most for a running back for for the Broncos in seven years. We're talking about that because of the stat padding play that yeah. he had. And Remember shout Drew's out to Javante. Stat padding hail mary last year when the Broncos were winning. That was supposed to be out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Caught anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's why this. That's why in training camp they had to practice incompletions, guys. Yes, they did. Uh, Bronco Oilers say, why is there not much love for Sam Howell? He came into the season as the presumed number one or number two quarterback in this class, but had a down year, and his stock seems to have taken a nosedive, and I have no clue why. Well, you just said it. He had a down year. Uh, he's a three-year starter, has a plus arm, good athleticism, has 91 career TDs to 23 interceptions, has completed 64% of his passes with 9.2 yards per attempt. He had a statistically down year of passing the season after losing a lot of his supporting cast, but managed to rush for over 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's actually really impressive. Uh, if I had to bet on any of these guys based on their body of work and skill set, I'd bet on Howell. And I could see him playing effectively in many schemes. I think if there's a mid-first-round pick, he'd be worth the pick and possibly even trading up. Where do you guys stand on how? I think that's where he settles mid-first round. The big thing, though, is took a lot of sacks this past year. Yes, you can put some of that on the offensive line, but you're, he is trying to kind of keep plays alive. And I think he's probably got to him improve his discretion a little bit. He actually has to learn sometimes to throw it away rather than keep it alive in a, in a dissolving pocket and take and take the sack and I think that's one thing that's concerned now that being said you mentioned mentioned not the year that he had the previous year the name and not not in skill set but the name Dan Marino I've heard come up when talking about how as a quarterback whose form declined a little bit in his last year in college but don't but don't get too hung up on that. So, Look at the body of work. So that's actually was going to be the question I was going to have. Obviously, Dan Marino's way too far back to really make a comp to him. Um, and skill set, they they have different skill right, sets, right, anyways. Right, right. It's more that here's a guy who's senior who, for how junior season, but here's a guy whose last year was not what people were expecting. Right, and I'm trying to think of other guys like that. Drew Locke is one. Um, Drew Locke was a guy who. I remember talking about him a year ahead of his draft, saying like that. That's probably the guy who's going to be the the best quarterback in next year's draft. Then he takes a bit of a step back his senior year, new offense, you know, like he seemingly always had to deal with, um, and then he falls out of the first round. Um, and obviously, it hasn't gone great for him in the NFL. Um, trying to think of other guys, was Josh Allen? Did he have a little bit of a statistical step back? I feel like a he was a big yeah. junior year and then stepped back a little bit. He had that game to start the season against Iowa where Wyoming played up in Iowa City mm -hmm. and struggled. That was kind of a litmus test game going yeah. up against a Big Ten defense and was under pressure. He had a couple of passes dropped, if I recall correctly. The guys like there, who were, there were a lot of there was a lot of letting Josh Allen down in that game, I thought. The me. guys who are actually popping most recently used to be a big time cautionary tale, which was the one year wonders, but Joe Burrow, one-year wonder. Mac Jones, one-year wonder. Kyler Murray, one-year wonder. Those guys are have actually been uh, have been popping lately. And maybe that makes you think about Kenny Pickett because Pickett yep. was fine at Pitt, but then exploded this year as an elite quarterback. I just I think what this shows, guys, is you shouldn't try to j cluster uh, these into he's good, he's bad. There's guys that 
only need one year to show that they're good. There's guys that can have a down year and be and be still good in the NFL. So don't just don't let this make your decision make or break. From Sir James says, to keep this short and as vague and friendly as possible, it really irritates me when a member of the media is essentially state-sponsored propaganda for a team. However, it is much more enjoyable when RK absolutely dunks on them in a quote tweet. Seriously, well done, sir. No idea what you're talking about. I'm glad someone else pointed out the lack of awareness uh, by Dumpster Juice Bridgewater checking down on a free play. If you didn't believe before uh, that moment that he doesn't have it, then you more than likely are either related to him or a complete masochist. Uh, finally, Javante Williams is both my spirit animal and my patroness. Patronus. I read his patronus. patronus. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what I would have expected. Yeah. You know what? It wasn't just the check down on a on a free play. There were a couple of times when I I was watching kind of Teddy closely, and on Sunday, and literally you would see him look off the safety to take a shorter pass. Usually, you're looking off the sh- the safety to try to get a push downfield, right? Yeah, he actually go, um I, I think teams are catching on to this and, yeah. and it might be something he's done his whole career, but I've noticed it a lot the last couple of weeks. He always stares right, throws left. Like that's his go to move. And and it's it is better than just stare left, throw left. But it's 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 almost like so predictable now the defense is just when they see him look right, they're not even biting on it. He just right, 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 left, right, 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 left. Um it's an interesting little like tell that he has. I wonder if teams are going to start sitting on that more. He's going to have to uh, change it up to be successful. Vivid Swing says, what a disappointing loss. But there's reason for hope. At least the optimism in me says so. It's frustrating that the offense let a golden opportunity to seize control of the division slip away. But it looks like the defense is starting to play consistently good to great defense. Let's assume a win over the Lions next week. Then the Bengals at home. They haven't been exactly consistently good. The Raiders are now back to being the Raiders, and you never know what can happen against the Chargers. If Shermer finally figures out that we need to run the ball and Teddy can play like he has for most of this season, I think the offense can produce enough against our remaining opponents. I know we are two games back in the division now, but is it so hard to see a scenario where the Chiefs come to town in Week 18 and another battle for the division crown? Chiefs remaining opponents, the Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Broncos. Thanks for the great work, as always. Well, Vivid Swing, uh, you you made a case for why the Broncos could win the remaining games, and then you said that all those teams (laughs) the Chiefs play. So... I, I don't really see – I mean, yes, you can paint a, a picture where the Broncos are playing for the division, but I think right now Broncos are focused on wild card. I think the Chiefs are going to run away with it. Yep. I mean, they're already mm-hmm. running away. Was it five straight wins for them now? Yeah. With their defense giving up now 10 points per game? By the way, like I think in week five you could get them at plus 170 to win the division. How about that? That's wild. Yep. Uh, hip-hop Uray. My boys, Sunday sucked, no doubt about it. The most disappointing thing was that the game was within reach for nearly three quarters, and then just like Thanos snapping his fingers, it was all over. Uh, yesterday you talked about who was most to blame, and I could not help but notice a couple things. I felt like the play calling became so predictable, and Teddy was telegraphing where he wanted to go nearly every play. Two-point conversion to Noah Fan. Everyone knew watching at home it was going to him as soon as he went in motion. Teddy's incomplete to Tim Patrick in the end zone was on the near side. I was screaming at the TV when I see Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant with their arms up wide open. What do you think about that, Zach? One play. It's open. It's open. <laughs> it's predictable <laughs> offense right now is really killing us, in my opinion. I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Logic doesn't apply here. That's for. That's it for now. Cheers, boys. Go DNA. Wouldn't that be on Pat Shermer? Getting like just a whole side of the field open? That's not on Cortland Sutton for like running an incredible <laughs> yes. route. No, seriously. If, if Noah Fant's wide open, too. I I mean so, I don't I don't know what to tell Who you. Who did you guys blame more, Teddy or Shermer? Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, I mean to me it was at least 
75 percent Teddy. I, yeah, I find it doubt. hard to put so much blame on Sherman because I thought he cr- there was a couple of game of of play calling misses, but the game plan, the tack, the overall tactics were incredibly smart and sound, and, and they worked. They did what they wanted to do. Yeah, it, what was crazy to me is they ran the ball so well and weren't able to reap any of the benefits that come from running the ball well. They weren't able to get play action open. They weren't able to get any shots down the field because the safeties were creeping up. It was like the the Chiefs just said, like, yeah, it's fine. You can run at four and a half yards a carry. Like, you're not going to score touchdowns on us. Why wasn't play action open? Oh, okay. Receivers are not getting open. Oh, is that it? <laughs> okay. You have I, examples? I, I don't know. I don't know. Big Tosser 66 again says, Teddy is getting the broken down manning treatment from defenses. Do not give them the sideline fade ball. Make him throw intermediate routes in the middle of the field and you have the upper hand. And Teddy is obviously not PFM, so I don't see how they can overcome it. My question for you guys is, if we land an elite quarterback, is keeping Vic the 100% right call? Keeping the defensive continuity and letting him get this defense even better in 2022 would be worth it, especially if you have an elite quarterback who would cover any of Vic's head coaching warts, i.e. challenge flags, clock management, etc. Guys, I just have to say that this is... you can't say that keeping Vic is 100% the right call in, in any scenario. So no, no, but I will say um, there is – you can make a case for why that would be nice to have. You know, you keep the defense running. Um, if they're able to stay on the plane they are on right now, which is playing some of the best defense in the league, um, then that's going to be a really big feather in his cap. And, yeah, if you're able to add Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, which – just i mean we're gonna we're gonna have so much time to talk about this in the off season but it just it doesn't feel realistic to me right now maybe i'll change my feelings on that later um that shouldn't be your what you're counting on right exactly no. it, it seems dangerous to do so well, think, what i was gonna say other is teams have more capital to trade for him let's say like russell wilson for example uh the giants as, as was mentioned earlier they're sitting there with two top 10 picks right now Right, they have more capital to offer and get a deal done with than than the Broncos do. I mean, the, the Giants could say not only will we give you our you know three first round picks, we'll just give you Daniel Jones as well, and maybe you see where he goes with the lat, with two years here. Yeah, one thing I will say is you know especially when it comes to changing the offense, uh, I've learned to be more cautionary about it because guys who are playing well might not be as good of a fit in a different mm-hmm. offense. And when you try to look at this offense right now and say who would be hurt by a new scheme, obviously doesn't mean it's all going to be better. But almost no one on the offense is even playing well right now, not even on the line. Javante Williams is the one that you say, like, okay, well, yeah, you know, um, he's playing really well right now. He's, I mean, he's playing well because he's just blowing up uh, tackles. I mean, at one point last uh, in the game, he had 79 yards. 71 of them came after contact. That is not scheme helping Javante Williams. That is Javante Williams helping scheme. And yeah, even guys incredible. who like who are promising, like Quinn Miners, we missed the block on fourth and two. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of confusion going on, but that's what I that's what I mean. You can't point to anybody on the offense, even those guys who are doing fairly well, and say, well, it's all great it's not just really quick for some clarification on that fourth and two confusion since we touched on it yesterday Vic Fangio Vic Fangio talked about it yesterday yeah Teddy uh apparently Vic thought Teddy was supposed to be in shotgun Javante also thought Teddy was supposed to be in shotgun but what Vic said is that means Teddy was supposed to be in shotgun a lot of the time though Teddy goes up uh, and, 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 and talks to the, the center right mm-hmm. before. And by the time Vic realized that Teddy wasn't going back into the gun, it was too late and the ball was already snapped. I guess I'll allow it. 
I guess I'll allow it. Um, because I could see that that thought process as a coach. Oh, Player, he's going up to check the protection. Mm, players can call timeout too, though. Teddy could have called timeout. But, but Teddy was the only one that was like right, not he, on the same page. Right, he yeah, thought he like, knew the play. Right. And everyone else was like, do I not know the if, play? And if and if you can't sense that confusion in that scenario, take the timeout like that. And and I know the the, the temptation is to say, well, we don't want the, to give the Chiefs against a chance to get our defense set. But if things are awkward, and you can tell that not everybody's on the same page. I would have loved Javante to run a stop to it. Javante obviously right there doesn't know the play, or thinks he thinks he knows the play, but obviously Teddy thinks it's a different play. I would love for him to run up and jump and tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, what are we what are we doing here?" But I think that was that that's kind of what Vic's saying is it all happened so once quickly. they realized that they were screwed. It was too late. So if Javante would have jumped up, it probably wouldn't have been a false start. Yeah, which technically would have been better. Because then they would have kicked but, the field goal. Uh, you don't think that in the moment. Right, right. Exactly. Dan Burke says, hey, guys, just wanted to get a temperature check of how confident you are with George Payton moving forward. Uh, out of 10? Is that where we're going here? Sure. Mm, 7.5. Okay. 7. I mean, I, good personnel guy, I. but the quarterback is... That's the, the number one thing, thing holding me Sorry. back is I just... This whole tenure of his is going to be predicated on can he figure out the quarterback. I There's no evidence necessarily to say he can right now. And honestly, this – I don't want to be mean, so I'm going to put it at a five. But I could honestly put it at a two because what have we found out? If you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I just simply don't know. I'm not saying he's bad with the quarterbacks. Uh, but if he's going to continue go, to go down the route that he has – giving up sixth-round picks for quarterbacks, then it's going to be a two because 20% of your team is the other stuff. And you know what? He, to me, is like 98% on all that other stuff. So in terms of non-quarterback, George Payton's fantastic. But the quarterback is all that matters. Even when it's Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, that's all that matters. I completely agree. I just have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because it's so early and he's hit on so much else. Yep, yep. Uh, Beham Bronco, guys, super disappointed in our offensive incompetency on Sunday. However, at this point in the season, I've just decided to look at the future and enjoy the wins as or if they happen. Also, I'm getting married this weekend. Hey, short short story time. In the first few weeks of our relationship, my soon-to-be wife, wife discovered that the Broncos were playing the Titans in Nashville. Yes, the AJ Derby fumble game. I had no plans to make it to the game despite the short three-hour drive, but she immediately bought us tickets and I had an amazing time. I also met her parents on that trip and it is this one day or and it is this day one of what? To this day. Oh, to this mm-hmm. day. One of the highlights of our relationship, despite the loss. Here's to hoping my wedding weekend is capped off with the Broncos' beatdown of the Jared Goff Lions. Go DNVR. Go Beham Bronco. Congratulations. Congratulations. By the way, is it the AJ Derby game? I would say Or that's... is it the Benny Fowler ball off the, the helmet game? Uh, or is it the Aqib Tlaib, it's the, key, it's the Harry, Harry Douglas, Douglas game. brawl game? 100% it's the, it's lot, the Harry A hell Douglas of a lot game. went on in that game. Yeah. Man, I, I remember it as the Benny <laughs> Fowler game because that's, I remember the playoff implications yeah, that were on the line there. That's what I mean. That was, And, and really, that's the game I pointed to as when we were talking last week. Oh, it's the biggest Bronco game since right. it was that Titan game. Right. That was the last. That was the biggest game before. 
I, that's just my favorite yeah. quote of all time, so yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah. It. Pretty good. Oh. Alaska Preston says, "My boys, do you think we're seeing Teddy play at his highest ability? I know that statistically he's having his best season, but obviously stats don't tell the whole story. Do you think that if the Broncos bring a new offensive coordinator in the offseason, we could see Teddy take a big step in his nope. actual play, or do you think Pat Shermer has been doing a disservice by by shackling him to Drew and Teddy? I want to blame Pat for bad." for bad play and bad play calling, but I don't want to be unfair and give him unfair blame. Thanks for a fun environment last night. The bar was popping as usual. God bless and go DNVR Broncos. All the Broncos community and the ever elusive Iceman, wherever he may be. Shout out Iceman. Um, No way. No way can you say that if they change the offense, Teddy can make another statistical leap because he made such a big statistical leap this year. Um, And one of those things that Pat Shermer has in his resume is he takes very average quarterbacks and gives them good seasons. And that that's what we're going to see happen with this year. Uh, Teddy, and that'll be another feather in Pat Shermer's cap. Unfortunately, he has nothing to show for the, all these feathers except for some good money that he's made coaching. And the other thing, if you could step back and look at passer rating, Bridgewater's rating is nearly identical to what it was for the five games he played with Sean Payton stepping in in 2019 and the pre-knee injury games in Carolina in 2020. But I do think this is the best you can this is, this is This is This is probably his peak, but this may be slightly lower. This is who Teddy is. Yep, exactly. Hubiak says, what happened to Tani Muti? He was supposed to see the field way before Miners. Now Miners is supposed to be have a redshirt year is ahead of him. Well, he got, COVID, he got on the COVID-19 list at the wrong time because there was an opportunity for him to play. And that's when he was on the COVID-19 reserve list. So instead, you go down to Dallas, and Quinn Miners ends up playing extensively. And then... And Quinn's played really well. He's, and Miners has done George, nothing to lose the job. And he's a George Payton guy. Yeah, and yeah. to me, this is more of credit to Quinn Miners. It's yes. not yeah. like Natani Muti's bad. Now, Natani Muti hasn't flashed as much as we had hoped. He also hasn't had the opportunities. But this is a good news for Quinn Miners. I think, pro- yeah. I think of it this way. Like, uh, if you have your Madden team and someone gets injured and you get to put in like a 21-year-old rookie... And he's developing really fast, or you can put in like a 23, I think mm-hmm. Moody is. Um, but he has injury prone and this, that, and the other thing. Like you're going with the younger guy who's playing really well. You're just going to stick with him. Right. Absolutely. And guys, I think final one coming in from Big Tony says, my boys. So obviously Pookie is a monster and he proved that last night. Marshawn Lynch 2.0 is what I see. I can't even imagine the damage he's going to do whenever we get a real quarterback and teams have to account for the pass too. That being said, we need to go get our own Creed Humphrey. Kush just ain't it. I'd love to get Tyler uh, Linderbaum out of Iowa. Or maybe we try Reisner at center. Mm. Reisner's been thrown around a lot for any open position on the line. Um, and I'm I'm to the point where I'm now open to experimenting. Um, but he's also playing a little bit better, especially now that they've started running a lot more of those pull runs. Um, I'll think- just say this. I think they're – I think the leash on Cushenberry is probably – tightening up a little bit. I think the other thing is what you do at center is also tied to quarterback. If yep. you've decided to go rookie. with a, a dra- rookie quarterback, then I think you look at the free agent market. Like, if like Brian Jensen's a free agent mm. next year. I don't think Tampa Bay would let kid. him go. Exactly. Colorado kid and McChesney uh, yep. has worked with him extensively. I don't think the Bucks would let him go. Right. But – if somehow he's on the market and you're going with a young quarterback, pairing a young quarterback with a veteran center is ideal. One of the one of the disservices done to Drew Locke 
was putting him with a rookie center in 2020. I agree. I was actually talking about this with someone on Twitter last yeah. night. Um, who knows what, if things would have changed for Drew, but man, he had a lot of things that just didn't exactly go his way. New offense, no offseason. Ride receiver one goes down. Rookie center, uh, COVID year. Again, who knows if that changes things, but it's de it definitely wasn't an incubator mm -hmm. for a young quarterback. I, I, I do feel like the Broncos messed that up. These next five games, I think, are huge for Cush and for Dalton. To show that to show that they can be counted on as starters next year, that the Broncos need to replace them. All right, we got super chats. Even though I specifically said don't leave us super chats, uh, maybe that's the best way to get super chats. I'll there say that go. at the beginning yeah. of the next post game show. Um, what is a uh, this one's from Jelly? What does a Lions loss mean for Vic Fangio? We talked about this. I I think everyone's he's, done. He's loading up into the the cannon to the sun. Yep, and it doesn't really matter, guys. If it's next week, if it's uh, before those final two weeks of the season where Broncos can do interviews, he'll be gone. Probably next, a dead coach walking. Next one from Stadium yeah. Food Girl. Uh, love y'all out of Vegas. What do we need to do differently at the black hole that we didn't do in Denver? Also, uh, is TB just happier as a backup? Haha, ha, talking about Teddy Bridgewater, not Tom Brady. <laughs> TB5. Um, what do we need to do different in the black hole, boy? Defend the deep ball. It, it, it's It's got to be just limiting Derek Carr, which is... It helps everything. it helps that you won't have any Henry Ruggs to worry the about. The Broncos have had success yeah. playing Ben Don't Break against Derek Carr in the past, and they just broke and broke and broke and broke in that game, and it was tough to watch. And the good news is the Broncos defense hasn't done that since. And there's no Henry yeah. Ruggs, who's the ultimate breaker right. on that offense. Because the Raiders did the previous three games have 37, 32, and 34. Mm -hmm. I think that changes. And Something to not overlook, though, they did not have Darren Waller this past week. So if mm -hmm. they have him back, that'll make it more difficult. Definitely. Yeah. What's next? From Jelly again, potential OCs for 2022, Joe Brady. And is Dan Quinn a real option for head coach? Hashtag DNVR, big dogs, wolf. <laughs> so Joe Brady has had a great year with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow appears to be the truth. Mm -hmm. So Joe Brady was just fired. I'm not connecting the dots on how Joe Brady is this this next up-and-comer that you want. Honestly, I think Joe Brady, the more logical path for him is back to college. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll have OC, plenty of time yeah. to talk about OC candidates, you know, throughout the the rest of the season and also when Pat Shermer is likely fired. Remember what Bridgewater said about the practices with Joe Brady? On offense in Carolina, oh, yeah. not they working. Never practiced the red zone. Didn't practice red zone. Was, didn't practice two minute. It, there was a lot of things that were weird about the whole Joe Brady yeah. saga um, that were definitely connected to Joe Burrow just being awesome. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying no. Yeah. All right, finally, last one here from. Oh, okay, Dan Quinn. Uh, yeah, I mean Dan Quinn is definitely a candidate. Yep, he's a real option. He'd probably be the favorite at this point if you're handicapping. If, they, the if list. you were, in, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Defensive guy. How do we feel about it? Uh, we don't like it. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Tell me who the OC is. It's uh, not going to be as good as you can get if you get if, uh, if, if he's your head coach. The only thing I care about is if it comes with Russell Wilson. If it does, I don't care yeah. about anything else. Well, I like that then. And then KC says, what kind of draft capital can you get for Chubb? Oh, you're trading low at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not very low. Third? Third or fourth. Wait, what if he doesn't get a sack and continues that streak you said, Mace, and it continues a, a, a full season without a sack going back to last year and you're trading him this offseason? Oh, you're getting nothing. 
Yeah. You're keeping him until his contract's yeah. done, or he, yeah, you're probably just not trading Chubb in any situation. Yep. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us today on a very long edition of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for all the participation. We really do appreciate it. All of the questions, all of the super chats, uh, all of the comments. I saw the, the chat popping today. We appreciate you guys rolling with us, and we'll catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Before uh, we got to give a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, of course, where you can go and get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you get a cleaning x-ray and exam. So check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group and have a great day. One last